hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. We're back at the uh, Llandudno Comedy Festival. I, I did a cl- there at the start of Very good. I, was, Impressive. I, 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 yeah. I lived in Wales for two years and that was a very good... <laughs> oh, very good. I sort of made it sound casual yeah. without drawing attention to it. Sort of what I've <laughs> yeah. now done. Um, I'm obviously here with Dave Cohen. Hello. And we are also here with uh, Saskia Schuster, who is... Uh, at ITV, in charge of comedy, your technical job title is... Oh, God, it's controller of comedy, which is horrible. It, yeah, I hate that title. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's normal. Oh, it's sort of quite nice, though, isn't it? Controller. No, no, that's, no, it's either control freak or it's fat controller. Neither's good. OK, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. No, that is, but that it is taking back control, to use the, the, the phrase of the moment, really, I suppose, in a sense. Well, mm. yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yes, obviously you, uh, you you are the person who is kind of o- overseeing all the comedy that uh, appears on ICV. Could you kind of describe your how how your job uh, works on day to day? So I I commission um, comedy entertainment, uh, scripted comedy and comedy drama. Uh, yeah, that that undefinable thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite different for each of those three things. Um, scripted comedy, I suppose, is is the first one to kind of talk about because it is it's always contentious with ITV because there's so so little of it and it is sort of the biggest fight to try and get mm. to do more of it um do you want to know the kind of commissioning process with it um well why I mean roughly yeah. Yeah. give us a, give us the headlines in terms of how how does it turn up how does a show turn up on ITV what has happened to, to get it to there. Okay, so um, first thing to say is I don't, unlike the other genres at ITV, I don't have my own budget. Mm-hmm. So um, whatever turns up, um, I will then take to Kevin Ligo for main channel or to Paul Mortimer for digital channels. So usually it's it's a treatment and I do ask for sample scenes because it's it's easier to read something than for me to describe it mm-hmm. to Kevin. Um, uh, I heard in another session earlier um, somebody saying she doesn't really believe that people read treatments really Anyway, they don't, they don't read them very well and actually scenes you know and scripts what? really are... When, when I was producing, this, uh, we were sort of taught, you know, oh, commissioners never read things properly, commissioners don't know how to read. So I, I don't know where that came from. I mean, what, what basis have I got for commissioning a show unless I've read the yeah. writing? Well, I also, mean, the thing is, I mean, once, once you're in production with something and um, if anything, they read them too closely... Because because <laughs> um, I've had notes through, you know, on various bits and pieces, including a, a children's show that I'm involved with at the moment, where I've sort of read something as a script editor and I'm, I've sort of read something in the channels that said, oh, I'm a bit worried about this or a bit that. And it's like, oh, is that still in there? Oh, well, if you're going to read all the scripts, what, <laughs> what okay. do I have? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, just because we put it down, it doesn't mean it's actually, yeah. But so, I, don't know, I don't know where that sort of myth comes from, though. Commissioners don't. I think people like to project their own failure onto other people. I think that's what okay. it is. <laughs> I'll take that answer. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, because it's easy. Because because also your job, you know, it's where they're getting blown off course too much. Your your job is to say no a lot more than yeah, it is to it say is. yes. It is, and it's saying to it's saying no to stuff that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as well as saying yes to stuff that you like, and occasionally once sort of saying yes to stuff that you personally don't care for, but you know other people will like, which is obviously a good thing to do if you want to have Catholic tastes, as it were. I think what will be interesting, certainly, uh, from the point of view of our, our listeners, I think, as well, um, is that, uh, say, the difference between... I mean, I can imagine how a show like Bad Move... Um, which has got a big star name attached yeah. and comes through a big uh, production, uh, independent production company. So I can see how that 
um, that that's going to follow a, a, a particular route. But uh, I'm interested in a show like uh, Time Wasters, which which was uh, written by uh, Daniel Taylor, who's a great um, great stand up performer, but not not a, a name, not a big name, no. and there's no big names really attached to the the, the project, and, and he performed it as well. So how I'd be interested how in the did that journey come about? of that show. Yeah. Um, well, I. I get given a sort of a pack of scripts that I take home at the weekend. And what has sort of evolved, um, it started sort of in error in the person preparing the pack of scripts, gave me various scripts without any sort of cover sheet on. Um, and uh, so I didn't know sort of who had written them, where, which production company had sent them in. Oh. And then I discovered I actually quite liked that, that approach of just reading things sort of almost... On their own merits. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Time Wasters was a script that just jumped out to me for being very different very funny um and for itv2 our audience is um 16 to 34 but the we particularly look at um the 16 to 24 audience share and all the advertising is focused on that audience so so that's sort of really what counts um so we have to hit that younger audience and for scripted i was very concerned that we start young enough that you know, we can have multiple series and the show doesn't sort of outgrow the channel. So it felt like it was hitting that sort of very young sort of end of the, the market for ITV2. Uh, but most of all, it was just funny. It was the funniest yeah, script yeah. I'd read for a while. It's the sort of thing that I could imagine uh, being watched, you know, by any age, really. Yeah. And, uh, but what I liked about it, apart from anything else, was um, at the time, I think the only other scripted um, show we had on ITV2 was Plebs, yeah. which is obviously um, sort of flat share set in ancient Rome. And it's sort of very silly and it's it's kind of full of knob jokes and it's but it's it's kind of there's a little bit below the surface of smart takeout if mm. if you want it you know, there's some very clever references and historical sort of facts in there um but i think most people wouldn't particularly notice or care but with time wasters as well it was you know it was fish out of water comedy it's it's friendship it's ensemble but because it's a group of black jazz musicians traveling back to 1920s london there's kind of smart takeout about class and gender and race but it's not agenda-driven at all. Yeah. Um, it is just ultimately silly and yeah. fun and about relationships. So how did that script end up in a packet that you were sent <laughs> home with for the weekend? <laughs> um, so Daniel had been filming Cockroaches for ITV2, which was um, it's actually before I arrived at ITV2. And he um, gave, it was Big Talk that made it, so he, he sort of gave mm. producers the script and said, this is something I've just been mm. writing. And they, they sent it in. Okay. So you have a relationship with production companies and, you know, when various people approach you, yeah. um, they then pass on the script. And it eventually it's it's so, mainly production companies yeah. sending things in. Occasionally agents do yeah. as well. So um, so you have a script that you really like. It was In this case, it was Time Wasters. Yeah. Presumably you march into someone else's d office, flip up the desk and say, if you're not <laughs> going to make this show, then what the hell is the point of even working in comedy? That's exactly how it goes. Brilliant, yeah. yeah, yeah um, so, so that one... Um, <laughs> in the parallel universe where that doesn't happen, what does actually happen? Um, well, that was, that was in the Peter Fincher era right. um, where we did actually pilot things. Right. So we made, I think, about four pilots at the time. Uh, they were all for non-TX pilots. Mm. Um, and I think we were looking at commissioning two series mm. out of the four. Um, so we made a pilot with Daniel... And absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. He he was um, he had Barunka Ashaughnessy script editing it, and then when we commissioned it, Barunka sort of became co-writer, um, and that was partly because I mean I think that evolved sort of quite naturally, but it's partly because Daniel I think it was his first sitcom mm -hmm. he'd written. He's obviously written loads, mm -hmm. um, sketch and stuff. Um, 
but sort of delivering six mm. episodes that are sort of consi- of a consistent level yeah. was not a challenge, but you know it, we didn't necessarily have enough writing time. Yeah. And you know I I think if you're trying to you know it, it's that difficulty where you know the broadcaster kind of wants something for a certain date, yeah. but you don't want to rush going into production before the scripts are ready. Yeah. You know so so in in that case it was. It was Barunka just sort of stepping up a bit more. Yeah, and sort of supercharging it. So um, so between giving it the green light, as it were, and they started production and broadcast, what sort of time scale are we looking at there? Um, I think that one was slow. I mean, we, we made the decision quickly, mm. but we did allow quite a lot of time for the writing. Right, yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact that's time a real, to say. For me, that's a real problem in the industry. Um, it does often seem like... Time. Time, well, even worse, there are other channels who are not ITV, if I may say... Uh, one of which sort of ummed and about a second series and then decided, yes, let's do it. And then it had to be filmed and shot and broadcast by Christmas. And I just think, why did you, why did you do that? And, you know, it's sort of like, there are boring reasons as to why that happens. But goodness me, do we have to still, you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) that that, that is quite a common problem. This is the more... Suddenly wants it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, this comes back to, I was talking about this in the speech that I did about how um, writers feel kind of uh, they're, they're isolated from from the process. Like you say, there's probably there's a there's a perfectly good reason why it happened, but you know a, the producer might know, and the writer it, it's just it's it's just having everybody in on the process and knowing that actually well this has got to do this, this has got to do that. I mean, I guess with with I, ITV it's very clear you have to you know a show has to commercially prove itself, yeah. and that's you know then that that that. That's fair enough. I, I was quite interested, though. You said, yeah, we we did made two. We decided we we're going to make two series, but you you don't. So you don't really necessarily know. In effect, you you're almost like an independent producer within ITV. You don't know how many shows you're going to sell in a year to to no. ITV. I I um no, it is exactly like that. When when I first went to well. I accidentally went into commissioning, but when I first arrived in commissioning, I suddenly realised it was exactly like being a producer because I'm sort of selling up. Mm. Um, I don't have a fixed number of um, comedies per year. Everything's on a case-by-case basis that I'm pitching for. I mean, I'm sort of probably guaranteed maybe two sitcom titles for ITV, and I think there's a budget for maybe up to about four for ITV2 at the moment. But, you know, there could be more. Yeah. But also, if you're not bringing them the stuff that they want to commission, they're not going to do it. Exactly. They're not going to let you have one that they're not convinced in. No. It's, it's just too expensive. Exactly. Um, and uh, But, yeah, no, it was interesting how, and I think this is a really useful thing, in the session earlier when I was listening to um, Lucy Lumsden speaking about how the industry works and just giving a bit of an inside track on that, um, it was interesting how she was saying, and it sort of came across that, Writers actually are often quite bad, weirdly, at empathy for real people. Imaginary people, no problem. But you want to, you know, imagine what is this producer trying to do? Let's see the world from his perspective. How can I be a writer that's helpful to him or her? And then, quite often her. And then this producer then has to sell it to a a controller of comedy. But also that controller of comedy has to sell it to a channel. Um, And so it's... You know, Shane at the BBC, Shane Allen at the BBC, he he can't actually, he can't just commission something and just assume that BBC One, BBC Two, Three or Four will actually broadcast it. The, the, you know, he can't. Yeah. So it's it's all 
team building, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. gathering. So you, so you have to then find a home for it. Um, yeah, and and, and and sometimes you know we're we're rejecting things, and I'm sort of very very cross about yeah. it because you know I'd love to be saying yes, yeah. but mm. I don't I don't have the autonomy to do no, that. No, no, right. exactly. And so to, uh, you mentioned comedy drama, so uh, presumably then Cold Feet and Benidorm are they? Well, what, 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 I mean, what do they come under? Cold Feet um, comes out in the drama department. Oh, right. um, I think because it always did when it first was on. Well, so yeah. when it came back, I think it yeah. just went through drama again. Um, Benidorm comes out with comedy. It started as half hours. So, right. I, you know, it, it, I guess that's why. Yeah. But um, the comedy drama thing is, is slightly new. Um, I've got a few in development that hopefully will go into production mm. next year. Right. Um, but it is, it is, I know there's endless discussions about what is comedy drama. Mm. For me, it is, it's hours and it can be as as comic as Benidorm it could be as um, it could just be a light drama that has mm. a bit of a sense of humour to it it doesn't have to have, to yeah. have jokes but that's partly because we're looking for lighter dramas mm. so mm. comedy drama is just a term that sort of encompasses yeah. all of that yeah. but presumably the story is a, a kind of a, a, a quite an important yes. feature yeah. of it yeah yeah the, the narrative has to be quite quite meaty mm. um yeah. Because you've got an ad break to get over. <laughs> well, yeah, you do. And, and you've got bring people helpful. back every week as well. That's yeah. helpful. Because I, mean, you know, I think sometimes uh, you know, writing, writing to imaginary ad breaks is very helpful because you think... Mm. And I, I read scripts occasionally now which feel like halfway through the story's over. And actually, you know, you know you, you, at the end of this mm. scene, you need to go... You need to have your little victory... But now you need a bigger problem. Yeah. You know, you yeah. need to, the, the graph needs to go up slightly and then down a lot. I, um, I do remember when uh, I was kind of involved with the Writers Guild TV committee at the, the, the point at which ITV said we were going from two ad breaks per hour to three ad breaks per hour, thereby turning the three-act hour story mm. into the four-act, yeah. 48-minute story. And there was a there was kind of a bit of a fuss at the time and then a bit of an anger. But actually now yeah. you, you, you have kind of basically three cliffhangers built in. You, yeah. you, know, you just you, you go with whatever what, yeah. whatever you're given, really, mm. don't you? I suppose you, so I suppose you are, from that point of view, you need... A more you need a lot of drama you can't just have the comedy mm. I guess that also means that you're suddenly reduced to telling your story in 46 screen minutes mm. that's yeah. what a commercial hour is whereas before if there's one less ad break you'd have had longer wouldn't you yeah, two sort of 25 minute two 28 minute ones and then you had three three yeah. 18 minutes or whatever it was and now you've got four 12 minutes so. Which I think is fine. Yeah. You know I, mean? I like, love that forty-six minute duration. I think it's fantastic. Well, yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, I tend to watch stuff. Um, so I watch Elementary, mm. but I tend to watch it, you know, without ad- adverts in it yeah. from Sky. Mm. And you just think this is a forty-two minute show. Yeah, this works. Yeah, um, if it's kind of good enough yes. for NBC, it's kind of good enough mm. for me. Really, yeah. Yeah. we we do get very oh, writers are the worst, aren't they? And I think that's why we often don't get invited to meetings <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. a I mean, I often complain that writers get treated like children, mm. um, but the reason for that is that writers often behave like children, yeah. and most writers are somewhere between the sort of, on a spectrum of shambolic at one end to weird at the other, <laughs> and there aren't that many. And actually, one of the you know, everyone in comedy is a bit weird. Everyone's in comedy a bit weird, mm. um, but also I think 
what what you were saying in your keynote address earlier, Dave, I thought was a really good point, is that a, a writerpreneur, which is a, a word that Dave invented that he is aware will make us all feel a little bit sick. Um, but a writerpreneur is, is a writer who's got their act together, I think. And I think that's possibly what you would like to see if you do meet a writer. You would like to see someone who is actually got a little bit of sense about the industry and what they're trying to do and can empathise with what you're trying to do at, at your end. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I, I think it's... Do you know what? It's, it's sort of... I, first of all, I love writers coming into meetings. I, I really do. I, I started as a script editor, and for me, everything is about the script, and I, I writers are my favourite people in television. I know a lot of people kind of mm. love the on-screen talent, and mm. I, uh, for me, it's much more about the writer. That's, mm, that's, right. that's, you know, without the writer and without a really good script... What is that? You're yeah. stuffed with yeah. it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so first of all, I, I really like it when people do bring the writers in. Um, but I would worry if a writer's too kind of producerial in their approach. Right. In, in that initial sort of meeting where you're discussing things yeah. from a creative point of view. Because yeah. um, what you want is some kind of authentic voice that mm. so is going to, you know, don't don't worry about the commercial stuff at the moment. Yeah. You don't need to worry about that. And, then, and then we'll worry about it. Down, the, down line. the line, yeah. when we've sort of fleshed it out a bit yeah. more. But, you know, that starting point, you don't want it to be constrained immediately, do you? No, but, oh. you could, you, but writers acting like grown-ups would be a start. <laughs> well, I think the other thing is is the, the rejection. Mm. Um, you know, when I, when I send a rejection email to a producer... It depends. Oh, this is uh, depends how busy I am, but mm. most of the time I spend far too long agonising on how to write that rejection email because mm. I want it to be as useful as possible. Mm. And I think a lot of the time, it probably isn't, and I probably express things not as well as I think I'm expressing things, or I'm suddenly in a rush and mm. got to go to the next meeting and sort of quickly end the email. Mm. Um, but I think the communication that filters down to the writer, either because I've done it badly or because the producer hasn't necessarily communicated everything. Mm. It worries me that, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, writers can be quite moany. Mm. And I think that is a lack of information, a lack of understanding. Yeah. And, you know, so then there's, there's, I sort of think, there's a writer probably thinking something's been turned down because there was some decision that it wasn't good enough or mm. it wasn't funny enough or whatever. And that isn't necessarily the entire reason. You know, there can be so many sort of complicated, mm. boring business yeah. reasons. Or, you know, when I was talking earlier about the audiences, you know, that we were commissioning for specific audiences. Yeah. That that in itself, you know, that's not necessarily the the feedback the writer wants to hear. No. But at least it is sort of, you know, it's it's an understanding of why something hasn't mm. gone ahead. And hopefully that leads mm. to slightly less anger well, and bitterness. Yeah. I'm sure it well, doesn't. I, I'm no, being idealistic. Really well no, I mean my my general advice on this is um I, I don't want to know the reason. I don't care don't you? what the reason is. No. Because it doesn't matter because I can't yeah. learn from it really, um, because by the time I've got a show that far down the line, that's another two years. Everybody would have changed jobs by then. The channel will want something slightly different. Yeah. The audience demographic will be different. You know what I mean? It's just like. Mm -hmm. And secondly, why didn't they? Why didn't they um, commission it? They didn't really like it. You know, for whatever they, reason. They made, for whatever reason, yeah. if they it, really, 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 really wanted to do it, yeah, they would do it. Yeah. But. But really, really wanting to do something isn't actually enough. Yeah. And you need everyone to really, really want to do it. You need the channel to want to do it. Mm -hmm. You need the comedy department to want to do it. Which is, which is fair enough. And that's... You're getting, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're, get, getting, you're having to choose between whatever, 10, 10 scripts yeah. that has come from 
a hundred that's come from another thousand yeah. and whatever. So, you know, the, yeah. the kind of the, the things are filtered down to you. And okay, so uh, at the point that you get them, they're probably, you know, they're, 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 they will be of a quality, certainly. Um, and, then, and then at that point, things start to get turned down because there are two slots and whoever is the very last person to say i choose that and that yeah. there you know you, you, in, a, in a sense it's hard for you i mean if if you were able to say to that person is what could i what can the writer do to make this something that you will say yes to then obviously i think that's a that would be a useful thing but I think if it's like or would you still feel James that you know actually I don't care they just like someone else's script better yeah yeah I don't because I think you drive yourself mad by thinking oh if only I'd done x or y differently right if only I'd made that decision down the line but actually you made a decision that you wanted to do a show about this that was in this kind of format with told these kinds of stories and they didn't want to ultimately do that Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I can live with that. I don't, you know, sitcoms are very expensive. You can't just make them because you feel like it. So should I just write my rejection emails as in? Sorry, no. Well, th- that would save me why, so much time. Well, this is why I, I really do feel for you because you have yeah. to give reasons. But ultimately, the I think the the reason is normally we just didn't like it enough. Yeah. Oh, we've only got four slots this year, but you probably do. You probably. Yeah. Have a fifth slot. Yours is if you fifth, really, really, really. Yours, yours is my fifth favourite thing that I've read all year. Yeah, and we've got four slots. So for me, I sort of, you know, but obviously I'm, I'm, I'm we, we know that I'm weird. Um, so this is, you know, so I don't know. I just tend to find that when writers find out the reason, that doesn't make them happier. Right. That makes yeah. them more sad. Because also it just says, I don't even know how they can say that about this because the show was clearly this, this, and this. Yeah. Or they're complete idiots. Yeah. And so they've they've transferred their hatred onto. Mm. onto a commissioning process or a yeah. person I, I, I and know, it just doesn't get yeah, anywhere I can think of a specific example in recent uh, months where somebody got very angry about their show not being recommissioned and the, 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 the gist of it was uh, there's something like it that's being made and, and it became a whole thing that actually missed several missed the point yeah. by se- several miles I think which was that um the the, the 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 thing that was being made was a very different was a kind of such a different thing but it was um, by a channel that's only making three or four new things a year and so mm. it felt like you know on balance the other show had run its course and this mm. show was like oh actually this really is something but you know writers like to get angry yeah <laughs> about things yeah. and I, it's almost like you know the more the more ammunition you give us yeah. then the more we're kind of going to go what and also if you, if you live with an idea for a long time so this is very helpful Saskia for us I hope you don't mind <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fine <laughs> you're angry yeah. Yeah, so, no. well it's but also I think because if you get a show a very very long way and it it doesn't go for whatever reason you've spent a long time with that and it's mm. it's not quite like one of your kids but you have sort of given birth to something mm. and at the end of the day after all this time you've poured so much into it and at the end of the day, someone just says, no, no, I don't think so. Sorry, but no. Mm. They're basically, you know, and that's like, it's like seeing if you watched people, if you watched your kids lining up and they were picking teams for a sport and your kid basically didn't get picked. Yeah. That, you know, how mm. would you feel? Well, about the same as having a sitcom yeah. turned down. But ultimately... That's the nature of the beast. Mm. If you have to make yourself emotionally vulnerable to come up with a show, to rewrite it, to do it, and the downside is when it when it goes, 
great. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. It, get over it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's interesting because I sort of do... I do worry sometimes that... Um, because there aren't many slots on ITV, mm. so when, when I sort of get behind something, really, really, I'm trying to push it mm. to get it past Kevin, you know, and he's sort of saying, well, there are, there's, no, I'm not convinced, you know, there's, there's no money for it and whatever. Mm. And I'm sort of still championing and pushing something and essentially dragging out the process. Mm. I'm wondering, that actually, am I, am I being unfair to the writer by doing that? Because mm. there's a part of me that I have to fight, but then where's the cutoff point? Yeah. And, and, yeah. Because part, then, you know, then yeah. the rejection is so much harder, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's a part but, yeah. of us that know, you know, we know, and uh, uh, Pete Sinclair is a very good friend of mine, mm. and he's currently doing a sitcom with you, uh, Bad Move. And so I kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I went through all the kind of... Yeah, uh, that had a long process. The, the you mm. know, the kind of ups and downs, his personal ups and downs you know we he'd tell me he'd tell me where it was and mm. it's like and and there'd be this whole kind of oh and it's going to go out then but oh that means it's going to go out against great british bake-off and, and then this happened and now it's being moved to and so and so like every but, but even way before that the yeah. whole sort of pitching it process mm. but took that, yeah probably two years that yeah. Yeah. sort of just yeah. hanging you know where we were sort of still fighting yeah. for it and yeah. and actually in the end it was lucky and that, because yeah you know, circumstances change and I managed to kind of get it commissioned. Yeah. But yeah, had it not, mm. he would yeah. probably be feeling very angry with ITV. Yeah, but I, I think also, you know, and it, it, on he 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 knew, you know, he, he, he understood what was going on mm. and he was, you know, every step of the way. But at the same time it's it is you are you are both things. You are both the kind of the, the, the sensible human being and as yes, this is right. We're trying to get something on ITV and very little they make very little stuff. It takes a while. This is the process. So there's that there is the sensible part of you. And there yes, is that yeah. other the, the the little kid that has written this thing and that is about excited about it's I'm gonna get my series on ITV and you know, mm -hmm. it's like you can't you can't that that's part of the thing that makes you what you are, and yeah. you can't just sort of suppress it. So, so there's always going to be that aspect of the writer that's going, oh, please, you know, this is sort of imploring you, please make my show. That yeah. It's sort of needy and pathetic. It's the Alan Partridge, <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me on the telly, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? And so, yeah. uh, so any rejection that you get is going to be, you know, the the the, the five year old you is going to be feel that rejection. I mean, I, I remember from stand-up days as well think, thinking about this in the period towards the end of my stand-up career where it was going badly a lot more than it was going better but I had this sort of idea of like actually um you know we don't like you we don't think you're funny nothing personal you know and it's like but this is me on stage and, uh, but it's true it, it is both incredibly personal because it's your thing but it's not personal yeah it's, yeah. it's because that controller said I've got three three slots here and yours is the fourth thing. So, so let me ask you both then, how, how can that sort of rejection process be handled better? I know, I know everyone says a, a quick rejection is better than a long, drawn-out process, but then well, but, the, but also, but we'd rather, to fight but a long, drawn-out yes is still better yeah. <laughs> yeah. Than, a, than a quick no. Yeah. That's the problem. I, so yeah. in a way, I don't know, for me, all I, all I want to know, and the, you know, and the producers I want to work with are people who are going to fight for it and if they can get it on, great. And I know that if it doesn't get on, then they did their best and the channel mm. don't want to do it and I'll get over it. That's mm. fine. Yeah. Well, I, um, think, I think if you can emotionally step step away from it at the point at which it is dropped, which is hard for you because you've built a relationship with it as well, yeah. but you just have to say, okay, that's it. 
yeah. relationship over. I'm moving on. We had good times together. As well. <laughs> Whatever. It's but not you, it's so, me. So <laughs> if that could be the person that's, you know, could that, yeah. that, that might save you a lot of personal personal angst there. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm uh, not worried about my personal angst. I'm um, worried about... I, I do oh, actually. Right, not sure. You're I'm never... just not sure we can. You can. Uh, there's a right answer. Okay. Yeah. You know, I could say to you, please, just uh, right. I think it was really good, but this, 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 and this. And James will just say, just tell me that it's not been commissioned. Yeah. <laughs> and there'll be several other answers in between that. Really, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I it's, it's like how do because it is. I mean, again, we talk about. To, to aspiring writers particularly you want to find a producer and get a relationship with them it is all about relationships yeah. and that producer is now trying to get a relationship with the controller or the commissioner and at some point there is you know if it goes the distance that's great mm. but at some point there's going to be a messy breakup you know how do you break up with someone and not upset them mm. well the person <laughs> who can do that will make an awful lot of money if they can achieve some kind of mind trick um you know, and men, there are many sitcom plots which are about trying to break up with someone but not wanting to make them feel bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is, it is an emotional business because we're in the business of stories mm. and characters and ideas that are very personal. And that's why I say to writers, for goodness sake, stick to your guns because the worst thing, the worst rejection is when they reject a show that you didn't even want to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a design, you know, fail on your own terms. Given that failure is almost certain, because it's only, you know, a green light is the statistical anomaly in a writer's life. Um, you know, just sort of, yeah, it's, it's get, get used to this idea because it, it's just going to happen your whole career. Um, so, so, yeah, so, but, but, but bearing that in mind, just make sure that you pitch the show that you wanted to do. And if they don't want to do it, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah there's nothing worse than being talked yeah. out of your idea and then they reject that and you go yeah. I didn't even want to do that version yeah. you, I should have pitched my version And so just just, just before we, we finish this I mean I'd like to ask <laughs> you, you, you what yeah. your uh, if you ever feel that you're kind of asking writers to we like this but can you change this and can you change that and how how you kind of navigate that you know we want you to make we want you to make the show. I mean, that, that, that's the, the problem, isn't it? That we, you want to make your show. Yeah. And, and you, Saskia, want to make the show. You want to be sure that this, you can get this show made. And somewhere between those two, sometimes there is a bit of yeah. a compromise required that might change the whole vision of the, the show. How, how do you kind of, do, 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 do you come up with that problem much? Yeah, I, I mean, I think for ITV2, the most common change I'll probably ask for is for the characters to be younger, so that mm. the starting point is younger, mm. purely for that reason that I said before, that mm. you know, the show doesn't outgrow the channel too quickly. Yeah. Um, is that a sort of advertiser's thing they want to see young people, or is that just a... No, it, it's sort of... So say say there's a show, um, I don't know, where it's a, a dating kind of couple mm. romance thing, you kind of don't want them moving in too quickly because then suddenly they're thinking about buying a place then they're worrying about their mortgage then they're suddenly thinking about getting married and having children and I don't think your average 16 year olds are kind of really interested in that they're much more interested in the the sort of larky dating thing Um, so yeah you've got to think about a lifespan of a show yeah but what if someone came up with a really funny script say about you know a teenage or 20 year old looking after their caring for their poorly mother or something would, would that be a kind of do you just say that's not an ITV2 show? Do you know, that would be very much about the tone 
ITV2 yeah, well. tone is very different to ITV. Yeah. So ITV2 tone is it is quite naughty. It is quite rude. It's yeah. you know it's it's mm. it's much freer, I think, than say ITV. And and our mm. sl- our comedy slot is between the two episodes of Coronation Street for ITV. So mm. it's 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 got to appeal. The show has to appeal to that soap audience. Mm. Um, so it's going to be much more character driven and narrative mm. driven. Cor- Coronation Street is the the ultimate show of you know the entire from naught to eighty the age, yeah. ages. Yeah, yeah. Of the exactly. Would so you, so you want your comedy that's going to sit there to mm. really try and find that that same very yeah. broad audience right. in terms of. Yeah. You know, Sorry, yes, of course, you're saying as opposed to I three two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and perhaps just finishing off, you could save some of our listeners an awful lot of time by saying, "Please stop sending me shows about this or that." Is there anything in particular? Do, do you know what it is? Um, the most common rejection. Yeah. If we're talk, you know, continuing to talk about rejection. Yeah. Um, it is that thing where the 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 average ITV viewer for comedy is probably about forty nine or fifty. Yeah. We've got you know your ITV two audience. We're sort of targeting sixteen to twenty four, and there's this big gap in between yeah. that we don't have a channel that's sort of serving yeah. that audience. So. You please, please think about. I, I know it's a really, really sort of dull thing to advise a writer, but yeah. you know, if you are sending in a script for ITV, please think about where it will play. Yeah. Because. You know, that's a very quick and easy rejection yeah. for me. Because if, if, if you don't have an ITV one and a half. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. two and a, yeah. two, two minus half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in chronologically, um, yeah, uh, yeah, and sort of, uh, and. Uh, but I really, the, a producer should be yeah. making that call. Yeah. yeah, and do you sometimes feel though that because I think well, the other thing is it's very rare, as I say, for writers to be talking directly to channel people and mm. comedy controllers and things. Um, do you sometimes feel that the producer has slightly, if anything, diluted the idea or tried to sweeten it so that you'll like it more? Or do you think, you know, I'm looking for a way of now blaming producers now. So <laughs> you know, I often find um, on the rare occasions I do manage to talk to writers directly, they'll, they'll sort of comment on a note I've given or, or some casting that I've not agreed to. Mm-hmm. And it will be the first time I've heard of it because producers do quite like to just invoke the broadcaster as being, you know, the big baddie that's kind of delivering the note that actually they it's their note and sometimes producers will sort of say to me look I'm going to say this to the writer Mm. you know is it okay that you back me up and that's Mm. fine but I really don't like it when you know I'm supposed to have given all these notes so I'm I'm really that's why I do like to have writers in the room when the note (laughs) process is going because at least then there could be discussion around it as well yeah yeah. I don't know if I answer your question. I'm no, no, I think that's fine. Well, it's just, but yeah, the, the, the producer has this mediating role, and if, in a way, if they're actually, if the writer's in the room, then they can't really basically throw you under the bus mm. and just say, oh, yes, yeah, the channel, Gah, you know, yeah. those yeah. idiots. Um, <laughs> but that's, but yeah, as I say, in a way, because it's very easily done, you know, because we are so sort of tribal and stratospheric and everything, so we do like to blame the layer ahead. And I'm sure, you know, you're also able to say, look, I'm not in charge. I don't, you know what I mean? This is yeah. like, you have a boss too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately your boss's boss has a boss too. Um, and they're shareholders. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but as so, a writer, would you want to come into that room with the commissioner when it's discussing notes? Or would you, would you in, rather just be discussing it with the producer? Well, no, I, for me personally, I, I would always rather be in the room because mm. I would like to be there to hear, to hear it. I I want to I want I want to have a producer who who understands the whole the process of production uh, and I want to be in the room with that person. But when my 
show comes up and the characters and the story and the things, then I, I'm going, I want to be the one to talk about that. Mm. But I, I, I will have a sort of producer's hat on as well, being mm. aware of things like casting and uh, yeah. whatever. But yeah. uh, so I wouldn't want to just be there as a writer. I would, I, I, I'd want to nurture a relationship where I have a producer who you have a relationship with and you, you know, you've, you, you, you know all of that side of it but then you know I'd want to be the one who who says no this is what I meant by this this is what this character is supposed to be yeah. and know, so often yeah, I, I'm, not, I would, I'm not feel intimidated yeah. and frightened yeah. because I'm just the one on my own saying this you know to feel like I've got I've got this producer who's got a relationship with yeah. you as well who's who will back me up and, and you yeah, that's interesting I hadn't really thought about the, the sort of I, I'm literally thinking of it through having written this uh, speech that I just did. It's all this is all kind of new stuff mm. that I'm coming up with. So I don't know if it. You know. But do you feel sometimes then that if if you come into a, a notes meeting with a producer and a mm. commissioner, do you feel that the producer is then necessarily more allied with the commissioner because just because I, d- the, I, I don't know. I've been in meetings. I mean, maybe Depends. you've had a different thing, but I have definitely felt uh, slightly intimidated to say actually. Hang on. I know this is partly a confidence thing on yeah. my part, I think, but just to say, actually, uh, no, stop. This isn't what I wanted. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of see it as a sort of, I'll read the mood of the room yeah. and probably read it incorrectly and th- that they're all thinking, <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, and I know that everybody thinks uh, I'm bluffing. I don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. but, but they're better at sharing confidence than I am and I might just sit there and uh, uh, the, the old the, the, the previous unconfident me would have sat there and gone oh, right, you want that okay well I'll uh, yeah and I'm going in my, my head saying no 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 you don't want to go there but but then this, but if you don't go there they'll cancel your idea so yeah. you know it, it, yeah I think it's fe- needing to feel secure writer writers are insecure people so they yeah. need to feel a, comfortable saying this is really what I want, and, and you know, to have a, a, a you can have a quite a, quite a big argument about mm. it. You know, you yeah. say, look, no, I I I know this channel, I know what they want. I personally do not think that that will work. Okay, I will go away and think about that. Yeah, you know, I, I feel it in, in a in a kind of feeling like it's you're in a room of equals rather than. Mm. And I think often writers feel like they are the bottom of the the, the food chain in those yeah. situations. Yeah. They? So yeah, I sometimes spend time wondering. I wonder what the channel actually said, um, rather than I, I'm interested to know. So apparently this, apparently that, apparently we're all this or that. And, and sometimes you just think, oh, okay. And so you sort of have to take their word for it, but you don't necessarily, you wonder if they're trying to make you feel better or whether they're trying to push it in a different direction and pushing that onto the channel. But actually, if you're talking to the channel and you discover that a note which sounds like a big note is actually a minor note, yeah. um, or actually a minor note which sounds minor is actually very, it's a big deal. And if you don't address it, that would be so I, I think I would just rather I would just rather be there from the tone I can tell whether they really you know if I've written a draft and I've written a second draft based on some notes I can tell quickly whether this is draft is an improvement or not whether it's gone in a different direction or whatever yeah so in general just being in a room and talking about it like grown-ups I think well, generally I think also tends to emailed notes can be so easy to misread. You yeah. know, the, the, mm-hmm. it's you know your point about whether it's a big note or a small note, and yeah. that can be so sort of misconstrued over email. Yeah, and again, then there can be because you can get a throwaway note, um, 
which then you just go, well, hang on, sorry, if you want me to change that, the whole thing's going to mm. unravel. That is the show that has just been questioned. And actually, it may just have been phrased poorly, yeah. typed in haste or whatever, and then suddenly it's, yeah. So that's why I think stuff done verbally, uh, I think the more the better. But, of course, you know, your your diary is probably a train wreck in terms of the amount of meetings you're no, taking. No, I, 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 that, that for me is the priority meeting. Okay, right. Um, but also well, yes, when I enjoyed well, the music. Well, there you go. And, and, and the thing is, I think sometimes, you know, writers are their own worst enemy. We often don't get paid very well because we actually don't ask for money. Yeah. Um, but often we don't get access to meetings because we don't ask to be there. Mm. And do you know what? That's what I find really frustrating is because, you know, I would love the writers to be there. And I sometimes think producers... There are, no, it sounds like I'm being negative about producers. There are some fantastic producers. No, they're idiots. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, no nuance but if, required. If the producer isn't inviting a writer to a meeting, I can't undermine the producer by going direct to the writer. No, Although sometimes not... I am so tempted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And just sort of like, at least, you know, yeah. or, or sometimes just sort of privately give them a nudge and say, look, tell yeah. the producer you want to come. But yeah. equally then I've sort of slightly compromised yeah. the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you don't, I, 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 I can't. This, yeah. I had this exact situation uh, with the, the show that, that I work on and, and it's diff- there's been sort of different producers and diff- different ways of doing it. And the last series was not done, it wasn't satisfactory for various reasons. Um, and the old, the old me uh, would have just sort of stewed a bit and thought, right, okay, I'm going to go along with the whole process now. But what I did this time was I, I arranged a meeting with the main producers a couple of weeks before production, and I said, look, this is how it worked last time. This is how I think it will work better mm. for me yeah. in relation to you. And they, and, and they were just really grateful. They yeah. just thought they'd never thought... I'd, I'd never thought to question you know, my yeah. role as yeah. a writer there. Yeah. And they'd never thought to kind of say to me, well, what do you do? And they're, they're, you know, the, the, the things that I was doing last series that were just a waste of time um, for me. And yeah. then I explained that. And they said, yeah, well, we know that. So, so yeah. we've, we're actually working a lot yeah. better now. And, um, you know, we kind of, we, we, we get them, we, we, I've, have an occasional meeting like meet once a month to see uh, where are we we're here mm. and what do we need to do and and we get to meet and sit in a room yeah. and bounce ideas as yeah, well so yeah. it, it sort of and, and that's all just because i i thought hang on it's time i it's time i did became the writerpreneur <laughs> yeah sorry yeah. to use that yeah, yeah. and it and it's worked you know yeah. but th- 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 there was a part of me that go was that was sort of saying what if they say oh well, we're not interested we don't yeah. want you and, and you know all the negative Things that yeah. writers thrive on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, they were all they were all part of that, uh, that process for me. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I just think just asking a question is useful. So mm. if it's like, oh, the producer's going to meet the channel and they're saying, ask a question, can I come? Yeah, and that yeah. will require. Um, no, it's it's not. You, you, yes, you're not. You're not invited to meet. Okay, next question. Why, why not? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> and actually, yeah. we don't... Um, and I rely on the producer to say, I'm coming in with yeah, my writers. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. I, you know, for me, the if we're setting up a meeting, I will expect them to bring in the writers. Yeah. And if they don't, then I'll think it's because the writers either didn't want to come or the producer no, they want to come. didn't want to bring them. them. If they say, I just want to do it on my own, just say, can you bring the writer in? And that might... 
yeah. tell you something okay, so about the producer's relationship with the writer. That's, that's, <laughs> that no, that's, that's useful, actually. Yeah. So well, it's be a little bit more insistent. Well, it's very interesting, in. isn't it? Yeah. To who, one, of my, one of my favourite moments of my favourite sitcom of all time, which is just Prime Minister, there's a bit where um, where Bernard looks at um, Hacker and Humphrey, and he or, and just says, "Oh, it, this is an amazing situation. It's it's like the uh, it's like the the hostage and his captor," <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And they go, yes, that's right. And of course, you know, which one's the hostage? And they both point at the other one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it's really interesting, you know, who's, wh- wh- how, how is the power going up and down in, in mm. this sort of chain? And I think we, we yeah. So in, in a way, I think it's, yeah, writers, I think, can just be a little bit more proactive in asking for stuff. And it is very refreshing to hear that you would actually like writers in the room. That's mm. great. Um, and I'm sorry that we sometimes smell or dress badly, <laughs> um, but you know, listeners, we'll blame on, you for we should everything. Do, yes, yeah, that's right. I'm used to that. Yes, that's right. Great. Well, thank you so much for this intervention. Thank um, you. Thank on our, yeah, it's been an yeah. inter- intervention it's been for like us. A therapy session. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, uh, mm. same time next week. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Yes. Um, and um, hopefully, listeners will have a clearer sense of how the process could work, how it could work better, and all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Thank, thank you for you. listening. Thank <laughs> you for listening. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, thanks for listening uh, to our listeners as well. Thanks and goodbye. <laughs>